Once you understand what fasting is about, you're going to go, oh, I get it. And then you're going to be able to respond to it appropriately. So what is it exactly? Well, you probably already know to fast means to not eat or drink sometimes, but not to eat sometimes partially and sometimes fully. You just don't go without food for, for, any, uh, for a length of time. And giving up food in the Old Testament, especially on the Day of Atonement, because the nation was told, the nation of Israel was told, you have to fast. The word actually means afflict yourself, which just means you're going to deny yourself food for that one day. That's the only place in the Bible that fasting is commanded. And it meant that we're going to go before God, He's going to atone for our sins, and we need our spirit focused. And we're not going to be focused on our stomach, we're going to be focused on what God is doing. So, as the... Bible said, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Basically, we need to be feeding our spirit as we feed our body, right? Okay, sounds good. Now, here's the dealio. Fasting is not commanded, catch this, it is not commanded in the New Testament. But neither is my, my, my line of logic here in, in a second. Um, it is actually, catch this, a more natural rhythm of your spiritual journey. Like, what did he say? What does that mean? I think it will become more evident as we go through the message that fasting is actually a rhythm in your spiritual journey. And you'll have some aha moments in a moment. That means suddenly a light bulb will go on and you go, aha, I get it. Now, before we get into that, let's talk about what fasting is not. What it will, or something like a lucky rabbit's foot. How many of you actually had a lucky rabbit's foot when you were growing up? Okay, uh, there's a few old, of, uh, old guys, ladies too, Went to the dime store, got a rabbit foot. Mine was blue. They dyed it blue. It was, you know, I carried it around. A lot of times in our modern age, people look at fasting. And I'm talking about biblical fasting, not fasting for diets or to get blood work done or any of that kind of stuff. I'm talking about uh, you're going before God and you think, oh, I know if I fast, God will have to give me what I want. It's more like a lucky rabbit's foot. It's a superstitious approach to fasting. That is not biblical fasting at all. You cannot manipulate God. Say that with me. You cannot manipulate God. He's smarter than you, and he loves you too much to allow you to get away with it. And you all said amen. And so fasting isn't a religious exercise that only the super spiritual go do get that out of your mind uh, so let's talk about what it is fasting is an expression of the heart just like real giving it comes from the heart real prayer comes from the heart Jesus is now in the Sermon on the Mount and he's going to talk about how real fasting is a heart issue in fact here's a, a slide for you Fasting is connected to, catch this, a hurting heart. What? Yeah, I'll show you in a minute 
that fasting is connected to a hurting heart, especially during a rough time in your life. Fasting is an expression. Uh, next slide. Another way of saying it is this. Fasting is an expression of a troubled heart or heart in trouble. It's the physical manifestation of that spirit that we just showed. Now, fasting isn't the way to hear from God because some people say, oh, I, I'm going to go fast for a week so that I can hear from God. Yes, that's part of it, but what it really is is focusing your attention on the spiritual realm and not the physical realm. Just like, How many of you close your eyes when you pray? Most of the time. Most of the time I close my eyes. Why? Because if I don't, Rabbit, you rabbit. You know, I just chase rabbit trails all over the place because things are distracting, so I have to close my eyes. Sometimes I bow my head. Again, it's a posture that helps me focus on Jesus. The other thing that I have to do almost 99% of the time when I pray, I have to pray out loud. Even when I'm alone, even when I'm in the backyard, even when I'm in the car, I have to pray out loud because if I don't, engage all of my brain, I'll go on another rabbit trail. You know, if I'm talking to God just from my heart and in my mind, I'll say, Lord, thank you for today. Oh, yeah, today. What do I have to do today? Oh, I have to go to the bank. And after the bank, I got to go to, you know, and suddenly I'm not talking to God. I'm talking to myself. But if I pray out loud, it helps me stay focused. Sometimes on our knees we pray. Why? Helps us be focused. Sometimes um, well, there's other ways that you pray. And why do you do it? To help you focus. You know what fasting does? Helps you focus. That's what it does. It helps you focus. So real fasting is an expression of your heart that is helping you have a focused, intense prayer. Now, you can pray without fasting, but you can't biblically fast without praying. They're, in, they're inseparable. If you're fasting, you're praying. You, it's just the way it is. But when a heart is grieving, because that's what we're talking about, a hurting heart. You've all had hurting hearts before, right? You've all grieved before. Some will turn to food for comfort, right? Have you ever done that? Yeah, you're just having a bad day, so you eat an entire carton of ice cream, right? Your Spirit is grieving, but you manifest it back here in the body. And so you're going to go and you're going you're gonna to binge on ice, binge and, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. You're going to go all out and buy the best stuff there is. When a heart is grieving, sometimes we go buy stuff. Isn't it true that when we go buy stuff, it makes us feel good? Oh man, we love to go get stuff. Because temporarily we feel really good about it and we're excited about it. Why are we doing it? Because our heart's grieving. Not because we need it. It's just a way of coping. It's a way of escape. How about when our heart is grieving, we turn to inappropriate relationships? I'm talking about affairs. I'm talking about pornography. In the past month, I've, I've counseled two people back from Missouri that their wives are leaving them. Because the wives are having inappropriate relationships. 
And my heart's, my heart's breaking. Their heart is breaking. And they could cope. Well, one of the ways we cope is with anger, right? We cope with, we, we deal with it, we turn. Or some of us, when we have a grieving heart, we turn to substances, whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, whether it be something that's legally or socially acceptable. Sometimes when our heart is grieving, we turn to unnatural relationships, thinking that, oh, I'm going to go down this path, whether it be homosexuality or transgenderism or all that. A grieving heart is seeking comfort in a way. And that's just not an appropriate way by God's standard. Or some will actually turn to self-abuse. Self-mutilization. But the biblical and healthy response to a grieving heart is to reach out in prayer to God, placing your spiritual need for God's ahead of your physical need for food. So here is biblical examples why people fast. Why people fast. Here's the very first one. Time of great sorrow. That's the fill in the blank. King David had had an affair with Bathsheba. He killed Uriah. God comes and says the child's going to die. And David goes before the Lord. He falls on his belly, uh, prostate, not prostate, sorry, prostrate. And he is, uh, look what the text says. David therefore sought God. That's a part of fasting. You're seeking the spiritual, not the body, but you're seeking the spiritual on behalf of the child. David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. And the elders of his house stood beside him to raise him up from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. Sometimes when our heart is so sorrowful, we just don't eat. Have you ever been there? Something is so sorrowful in your life that you've lost your appetite. I've lost my appetite many a times when something is happening in my life and it's just like my stomach's in knots. So why would I eat? Do you see what the body is doing? Naturally, the body is saying, look, I'm not even hungry. Now, what about the disciples? That's the next slide. The disciples of John came to Jesus, that's the hymn in this text, saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guest mourn? That's a clue to what fasting is about, when your heart is grieving, when you're mourning. As long as the bridegroom is with them, of course, he's talking about himself. And then he says this, and it's not a command, but he says this, the days will come when the bridegroom, i.e. Jesus, is taken away from, from us, and then they will what? Fast. Doesn't your heart grieve when you read the news? I wasn't going to share this, but I am now, so I've already been there. Do you know in the last few years up in Canada, they have uh, aborted 800 children that were born alive and they just left them to die? Do you know those body parts are being sold? Those are th- Doesn't that grieve your heart? 
It makes me sick to my stomach and I don't want to eat. And so that's the clue. That's that natural rhythm where I'm in mourning over our nation and the desire. Chelsea Clinton came out this week and said that because we've killed 60 million children in the womb, we are $3.8 trillion richer. How disgusting is that statement? You kill your people so you can save money. That grieves my heart and suddenly it's like, I don't want to, I don't feel like eating. Well, is that not your body wanting to come and be comforted, your spirit to be comforted? And that's what's happening here. So when a heart is overwhelmed, fasting is actually a natural human response. Most people don't feel like eating, their appetite is gone and And food is the last thing we're concerned about. Deep grief in the heart affects our bodies because we're spirit, soul, body. It affects it. Another time that you will find yourself fasting is this one. B, you're scared or you're frightened of trouble. King King Jehoshaphat, was the king and the armies of the Moabites and the Ammonites were coming and he didn't have an army to face their horde of army. And so what he did is he was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord from all the cities of Judah as they came to seek the Lord. It, it is, again, it's the seeking of the Lord because you're frightened. And you're scared of your circumstances. How many of you have been overwhelmed with your circumstances? And and so your body says, okay, I want to go have pizza. And then ice cream. And then, or I want to go and have too much to drink. Or I want to do this. And I want to do that. Or I just want to be angry at everybody. But really what's happening is your spirit is grieving. And God is saying, come to me. Come let me give you peace. Let me be your comfort. And the way is you listen to your body. You know, I don't feel like eating today. That means clue. There's something going on in my spirit. It's not up on the board. Or uh, We'll go back to that, uh, to get to Esther in a second. But I love, if, if you like writing in your Bible, this is a verse that you just ought to, to underline. It is in that Second Chronicles passage. So you can write the reference down on your bulletin. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. Let me just read it for you. Because it is powerful. The king says this. He's talking to God. For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you, God. Have you ever prayed that prayer? I have no idea what to do, but my eyes are on you, Jesus. I don't know what's going to happen with, with my finances, but my eyes are on you. I don't know what's happening with the economy, but my eyes are on you. I don't know what's happening in this broken relationship that I'm in, but my eyes are on you. I don't know what is happening to my body. I'm getting weak and fatigued. I'm going after test after test, and the doctors don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Wow, that's powerful. 
And then there's Esther. Remember the story of Esther, the narrative, where Haman, her arch nemesis, is going to hang and kill all the Jews, Mordecai, her uncle, but then kill all the Jews. And it says that Esther, when she heard of the plot, she said, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. Do not eat or drink for three days or night or day. I and my young women will also fast. When you go to the king, though it is against the law, if I perish, I perish. See, she wasn't allowed to just walk into the king, even though she's his wife. So what did they do? Fast. Sometimes when our circumstances are out of control, the best thing you can do is fast. Just fast. Number C is this. Here's the fill in the blank. Mourning over sin and brokenness. Jonah went to go teach uh, and preach to Nineveh to, re- to repent. They were a violent culture. They were killing one another. They were just, they were just messed up. And Jonah went and he preached to the, to the town. You know, the, the town was so big, it took him three days to get from one end to the other. And as he went, he told everybody that in 40 days, God's going to wipe you out. Do you know what they did? The king issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. That's one response to fa- or one reason to fast. Because we're broken. We have a broken relationship. And we're the cause of it. And we're just, we're grieved by it. How about number D? Sorrow brought by trials or trouble. Hannah was a woman was married to a man and she ended up not being able to have kids in that culture that was a big deal she couldn't have any children so the man wanting children married another wife and she was popping out kids left and right and the husband loved Hannah and it would always give her twice as much food as the other woman but it says that When they went up to the temple to to worship, Hannah wept and would not eat. And then you drop down to verse 10. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Sometimes you're in over your head. Let me tell you a newsflash. You're always in over your head. You need, as John would say, the big guy, right? You need God in your life. And sometimes sorrow is brought by trials or trouble. You're, you're in a stretch of road where the, the, the marriage is rocky, your finances are rocky, everything just seems to be rocky, and your body just wants to respond, but to do it biblically, it responds by, you know what, I, I want to seek God. I just need Him right now. I, I need Him. Real fasting is an expression of the heart that is helping you have a focused, intense period of prayer. It's pouring out your heart before the Lord. Heather, do we have that slide? Can you go to the next slide? Okay, it's not there. I'm sorry. I thought I had a slide. That basically says it's pouring your heart out to the Lord is what fasting is about. Now, 
The next fill in the blank for another reason why people fasted in the Old Testament was this. Seeking God's will, perspective, or understanding on troubled times. Daniel had read in, in, in from the prophet Jeremiah that all this stuff was going to happen in the future and he was disturbed, his stomach hurt him, he was upset, he was grieving, he was mourning and he thought, I want to find out, I want to find out, I need, I need direction, I need direction. Then I turned my face to the Lord, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Ever have a decision to make? Where to move? How to move? What kind of job to get? Should you buy this? Should you not buy that? Well, should I invest in this? Should I give this money away? Should I bless this person? What should I do? How should I respond to this family crisis over here? Man, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. That's what Daniel did. Last one. Last one. If you're caught in a spiritual battle. I, I love this text. Because I think what Jesus said about when I leave, that's when my disciples will mourn. But look what Jesus. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And catch this word. After. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Then he was hungry. You mean to say that you can get so focused at work that you just blow by lunch? Has it ever happened to you? Suddenly you realize the day's gone, you haven't even had lunch? Or maybe you've been so busy and so preoccupied with something at work or at home that suddenly you realize, man, I didn't even eat today. Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you. you. Yeah, suddenly you are so focused that you don't even know that your body was saying, hey, feed me, feed me. Do you know Jesus was so caught up in the spiritual battle between him and Satan that he didn't even realize he was hungry? Wow. So that means that when your heart is breaking, don't turn to what the world offers to comfort you. Your body, if you listen to it, you will be able to say, you know, I I need to go without, I'm not even hungry today. Then I can use the time that I normally would have used to buy food, prepare the food, cook the food, eat the food, do the dishes. Do you know how many hours you devote every day to feeding your body? If you were to count up shopping and cutting and cooking and prepping and add up all, you're spending hours each day somehow working with food. And when you're not hungry, you don't have to eat. If you're diabetic, you need to watch your sugar levels. I understand if there's a medical reason. But if you're not hungry, there may be something going on in your spirit that you're just going to say, you know, Lord, I'm just going to, I'm going to skip lunch today and I'm going to stay at my desk and I'm going to seek your face. Okay, I know that was huge intro and we're only going to spend a minute or two on our text. But now let's get to what Jesus says about fasting. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. 
And look with me at verse 16, 17, and 18. Jesus, I think, is almost expecting you to fast because it's that natural rhythm that is in your body, although you don't let your body be the driver. Otherwise, you don't know where you're going to go to get comfort for that grieving heart. Verse 16, And when you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head with oil and wash your face. That means shampoo your hair, comb your hair, go about your normal business, that your fasting may not be seen by others but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. Fasting is a hard issue, guys. And the next time that you are grieving in your heart and you grow in your sensitivity to it, And you read things or hear things or involved in a relationship and it grieves your heart. That is the signal, so to speak, to say, you know, I need to go talk to Jesus about this. I need to seek him out. Because if you're doing fasting to show off, Jesus says it's worthless. Remember, fasting is connected to prayer. And so, whether it is, hey, we're, we're looking at purchasing a building. Don't know if we're there yet. Don't know. Next Sunday, we're going to go look at a building that's just down the street. It's that way. It's between Mesa and Mesa Grande. And it, it, it's behind the new storage units that, that have been built that are off of Highway 70. We're going to go. Man, at one point in time, we're going to say, God, I need your wisdom. You need his wisdom. Let's all say on Monday, we're not going to have breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or maybe you can't go that far, you're just going to go without lunch. But during that 30 minutes that you would normally have spent, you're going to be seeking the Lord, saying, God, what's your plans for this little church? How are you going to make it grow? How are we going to be set free to do ministry the way that you've designed us to do ministry? And we're going to seek his face. And so whether a great time of sorrow, I mean, we've all lost people before. Did you... Truthfully, did you feel like eating after you lost a loved one? Man, it takes about a week before your appetite comes back, right? What was God doing? Trying to get you to just seek Him. Seek Him. If your heart's grieving, seek Him. How about if you've been scared or frightened by what's going on in your life or in somebody else's life? Or mourning over sin and brokenness. Or sorrow brought by trials or trouble. Or seeking God's perspective. Or maybe you're caught in a spiritual battle. God wants to bless you. And He has given you this mechanism. And I want you to be more sensitive to it this week. If you wake up and you're not hungry for breakfast, don't eat breakfast. Don't make it a big thing. Hey, everybody, I'm fasting today. No, 
God's saying, you know what? You're not hungry. Go without food. Seek me. Spend a little more time in my presence. And the more you do that, the more that the body takes its rightful place from being in the front to the back. And suddenly your spirit is now driving the ship, not your body. Let me pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we have a body and a soul and a spirit. And we thank you that you are giving us wise counsel today that when our heart is grieving to, f- to find you, to find you, you want us to find you. You are not playing hide-and-go-seek and you're behind a star or a comet or a planet where we can't see you. You are right here in the open longing for us to find you. Attune our bodies in such a way that we are so connected with our spirit to our body that when our heart is hurting, grieving, crying out for you, that you're the one we seek. Lord, we thank you for all your goodness. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.